0: Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, and welcome back to
1: Betches Brides. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Nicole Pellegrino. Nicole, how's it going? You are like Back from The Bachelorette, I assume now you're like, that part's over and your wedding shower's over. And are you just like honed in on the actual wedding right now?
2: Honed in. It did take a second to bounce back from The Bachelorette. Like right when I got back, I was like, I'm not jumping back into wedding stuff because I needed a, um, a rehabilitation period. But um, yeah, I mean, literally, I cannot believe it since 2019, since when I got engaged, the wedding is literally a month away at this point. When this episode comes out, it will be a it'll be a month and two days away,
0: which is insane.
2: So your invitations are out. Oh, yeah. The invitations been out. I will say, though, tip for all the brides out there, of course, because 2020 ever since 2020, our lives can't be simple. And tip for you, Jordana, because you'll be sending yeah. invitations. Let's hear it. Just send them early. Get them out of right. the mail. Well, is something's up with the mail?
1: That's what I've heard. It's like very, very slow. Well, I was going to ask you actually, as someone who's already sent out your invitations. So I ordered my invitations. I have them in my apartment. I haven't sent them out yet. I have to get like stamps and mail stuff. Do you have? Did you have to like? Can you explain the process of like the right getting the right postage for the invitations?
2: Okay, yes, not going to lie. You know I'm a I'm a hands-on bride. I've been planning this whole thing myself. All I have is a month of planner. Other than that, it's been me. I will say my sister's friend Blair BH Designs Co took all of that off my plate and it was probably the best decision I've ever made. She packaged even them. the stamps? She stamped them. We did we she we ordered normal, I think she ordered the stamps online from like literal stamps.com or something i she or i know she ordered the stamps online because she sent me options and i picked a cute flower one design that i liked but i mean if i were you i would just do i have little forever stamps sitting right here not these, these ones how, do you, how many do you need is my
1: question like how do you know how much like oh, how heavy it is
2: oh good question good question (laughs) so i guess you didn't do it so you don't know no i'll Um, ask Blair though (laughs) yeah you i swear i was like she was like honestly do you want me to just package up your invitations and send them out for you and i was like honestly yes yes i do so she that's a good question though you probably need a certain weight you know what tbd we'll we'll look into that and check back Back in
1: well I'll get I'll let you guys know because that's my on my next on my list of things to do, especially because I have a destination wedding so I'm trying it's on like four months a little bit um, I would say about exactly almost four months out, so I'm trying to send them out soon because it's destination so I feel like yeah why not just send them out as early as possible? and like you said, the mail is slow. so I'll keep you guys updated on my um on my uh stamps question because i want i don't want to like overpay for stamps and i want to put like too many stamps on and then i'm wasting money question I mean?
2: how much i know you did zola for your invitations how yes. much um like how many things do you have like do you have an i had the invitation a details card a rsvp envelope and card which by the way remember you need a stamp for the rsvp envelope right by well the way. i'm
1: I'm actually not doing an RSVP <laughs> um, envelope. I'm doing online RSVPs on right. the knot, my, my, my wedding website. Um, the process was just super easy. I have three events that I'm inviting everyone to. So I, wa- I thought it would just be a lot easier to organize if um, I just ha- and cheaper and easier. So I'm just having mm-hmm. the invitation, a details card, and then people are invited to RSVP online. Um, So save a little money there. I don't think it's like a huge expense, but... And I just think it'll be easier to organize that way. And the the whole process of online RSVPs seems very, very easy. It is. With the exception of like... I have like one or two older relatives who probably wouldn't be able to figure it out. Um, in which case, I feel like I'll just like text them or text yes. their kids. You know what I mean?
2: Honestly, I I wish I could go back in time and like do that because literally, I have one of the RSVPs in my hand here. For example, people don't. I've learned it is like an insane user experience. Uh, what's the, the word? In, um, experiment that. I'm look, like that you do with the RSVPs. I realized people, no matter how intuitive you think it is, they fill it out wrong and they don't fill in their meal. I have ended up having to text like... Uh, 70% of my guest list and clarify their RSVP card. I'm sorry, maybe that's my bad for not making it very crystal clear, but like it's I confusing.
1: Mean, I mean, gender, I think I'm always confused by then, but like, I mean, eventually I try to just like write the names of the people that are coming. Yes. And like write the number of people.
2: Yep. No,
1: how are how are they messing it up on yours? So
2: a couple people did that. Like the RSVP, it's so the meal selection section, there's three meals and then vegetarian and then the dietary restrictions. People just put like, they click or they check happily accepts and then they put like, Two next to Filet Mignon and two next to vegetarian. But I need to know exactly who's getting what. So you're supposed to oh, initial, okay. but I didn't say on it initial, it just says meal selection. So maybe that's my bad, maybe it's theirs, but I don't know. Learn from my mistakes, everybody, and and outline it clearly or do what Jordana's doing and and just do online because online well, is very clear.
1: When you do it online, it basically like it's basically like make it's kind of like making people take a survey do you know what i mean it's like um you know is there any and there's like a comment box like is there anything you'd like us to know or like do you have any dietary restrictions you could just keep prompting them with like get as much info out of them as you um as you can so i thought that was like kind of convenient just given that like yeah my wedding is like a whole logistical thing because there's just like there's a lot of things i actually might need to know from people because they're like flying into a resort and like um which events they're coming to and when they're coming and leaving. So I thought it was just easier. Right. I, I did it through Zola process was super simple. I'm just going to put it in the envelope. The stamps part is is the most, is the most complicated thing to me for some reason.
2: No, I could be extremely wrong, but I, I would think I would safely bet and assume, let's make sure of this before you go ahead and buy stamps. But I would think since you only have one card and one details card. If they're not that like heavy, it should be a normal stamp. I did
1: double thick invitations. So I'm wondering if that might affect the postage. TBD on that. Which thickness level did you do?
2: Normal. I did do um, vellum, the material for the details card. It's like a little see-through. It was a really cool material. And apparently that's all the rage this year for... uh, for paper products vellum but it's interesting th- it's thin it's not acrylic which not to be mistaken with acrylic which is all the ra- all the rage like all the celebrities are doing it for their invitations and stuff but that's like a literal piece of glass that you like are sending oh, out
1: that sounds complicated <laughs> i mean here's the thing about the invitations i really don't want to spend that much on them just because i felt like people throw them out like yeah as soon as it's over so just wasn't i just wanted to like get the information out there in, like, the most efficient way, which is why I'm doing the online RSVPs. But um, a nice invitation is nice to look at, too.
2: Yeah. And like you said, like, destination weddings is a whole different ballgame. It's, like, it is a more intimate experience. You do need to know more of your guests, like, logistical details. So I feel like online just makes sense for that.
1: Right. And it's all then going to be, like, in one place. But now I'm trying to figure out, like, the welcome bags and all the other stuff. So...
2: (gasps) I'll keep you posted as I uh, as I get there. Destination Weddings is literally like a whole experiential event. It's you, a multi-day. Yeah. You are literally turning into an experiential event planner. So I'm excited to hear more about that.
1: I will. I would definitely let you know. But is there anything else you wanted to share as you're approaching
2: um, the almost
1: one month mark?
2: I did. Yes. So I do. It's funny because, like, obviously, I'm a big procrastinator with planning my wedding, and I still have a lot left to do. Like, I have to figure out the photo booth situation. Like, if I even want one, I've been looking around, and like, it's one of those extra things that I'm like, I don't know if I want to even pay for an extra photo booth or not, but I probably Mm -hmm. will. And then, but I do see why there is a wedding timeline. Like you plan certain things at certain parts because if you plan a lot too early and then you're just sitting here like done, you almost get like, you almost get like impulsive and bored and want to just like add things on. Like now, I, I'm definitely wanting to do a second look. And I feel like if I, didn't have like this extra time i wouldn't be like wanting to i wouldn't care about a second look but now i definitely mean, am
1: like an after-party look or
2: something yeah like a reception-y look like also because i've been planning i've had my dress forever so at this point it's like right. uh, like I'm, you're bored you
1: want yes. like a something exciting yeah <laughs> exactly. no i think that's fun. plus like the second look i'm sure doesn't have to be like as expensive as the first look exactly like, Ding ding fun. ding ding yeah. ding
2: but yeah so i i think it's a corona bride thing too because like now that i've had so much time i'm like why not throw in this at the end and let's do this and that and the other and so um so yeah that's just been a little fun little thing i've noticed
1: well let us know what extra things we should look out for in all of the wedding pictures as they come up this september They definitely will that you, you edit in. Let's get to our, our emails for today and our topic, which is dealing with in-laws. I'm sure everyone has had some form of um, dealing with in-laws. I feel like you put up a poll on the on the Badger's Bride's Instagram that was something about like, well, I forgot what it was. It was like your future in- mother-in-law, like, love her or tolerate her or something. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like we got so many DMs in response to that that were like, Where's the like can't stand her option?
2: <laughs> yes. There's a yeah. lot of people, there's a lot of people out there who just can't stand their mother-in-laws. But then on the flip side, I've been seeing like TikToks lately. There are some people who have a really good relationship with their in-laws, which that's always refreshing to see too.
1: Yeah, that's sweet. I I mean mm-hmm. that's like ideal scenario, but yeah. let's get into this listeners um, topic about her in-laws. Also, before we do get into that guys, I'm sure you've seen the Betches Brides merch all over the Instagram. Nicole rocks it. I got to try on the bucket hat at our office, at our Betches office um, gathering, um, poolside gathering. And I I have to say I was not like a bucket hat person, but like they actually look really cute. We've converted
2: Jordana to be a bucket hat person. (laughs) I know. And I am not like the bride. I'm not
1: necessarily like the bridal merch girl. Like you don't think of me as that, but they are like (laughs) cute and they are flattering and they're really fun. So
2: they really are. And look, I get it. Bucket hats. You either love them or you hate them. No in between. Um, But ours are just cute. They're different. They're unique. They're cool. I think they're timeless. I mean, I've never gotten so many compliments than on our bachelorette and or on my bachelorette. And the party ones, the pink ones, which, by the way, we may or may not be coming out with new colors. So stay tuned. Ooh. But get the pink because they are the original. Um, but my friends, I mean, they never took my one friend, wore hers out to dinner, or hers all the, the whole weekend. I mean, they, they were just a staple item. Great well for it's gift. great
1: also if you can't keep if you don't have time to just be like doing your hair all the time extra bonus there yes. but check out those bucket hats and all of our other amazing brides merch at betches.co slash brides merch um and let us know what your favorite products are because i mean nicole you rock them all i can't even choose but i i think i think i just said the bucket hat so there's that yes, <laughs> yes. all right i'll read the first email Hi, Nicole and Joanna. First off, love the pod. Thanks so much for all the advice you've given and facilitated. It has been so helpful during my wedding planning journey. My question pertains to how to deal with future in-laws who actively disapprove of you. After about a year after my fiance and I began dating, he prompted his father about why he never engages with me in conversation and generally just ignores me. And he responded with a very lengthy list of all the things that he doesn't like about me. For example, the state I grew up in, my height, my personality, etc. My future mother-in-law does a better job of pretending to like me, but definitely doesn't approve of me. When my fiancé told her we were engaged, her initial response was, Are you sure? For context, my fiance genuinely loves me for who I am and adamantly disagrees with his parents and advocates for me when possible, as do his siblings who I have a great relationship with. My fiance and I are also paying for our own wedding, so I want to have a better relationship with them, not for the sake of harmonious wedding planning, but for our future. Do you have any advice on how to cope with disapproving in-laws? I would love to have a better relationship with them, and I'm not sure what to do. Sincerely, a bet who just wants to get along. I
2: feel so bad for her.
1: I know it really sucks to be like judged for things that are beyond your control and that you like are are so superficial. Like she said, right. what, what did she say? Like the state she's from that and
2: the, her height.
1: Yeah. Like that seems to me like, I mean, very absurd, but at least she's lucky that her fiance like does not seem to like value those opinions and right. You know, loves her for who she is. And I think that's like the most important thing to remember But I can see how that would be like upsetting to be like marrying into a family where the parents are like not excited about you and um, yeah, and you feel like don't like you.
2: Well, that's what I was like the the things that this it sounds like this father in law and mother in law who hides it better than the father uh, don't like about her are literally things that she has no control over. And there, I mean, some of us are lucky to have really welcoming really non-judgy in-laws but then again there are some parents out there are savage and they can judge and they can you know it depends people from different upbringings they'll judge you if you're not from theirs and that will always be inevitable and that will always happen. I think like I mean as long it sucks I get that and it really does suck but my advice to her would be, Like, there is only so much you can do. You need to focus on your love with your fiance. And the fact that the siblings, she has a good relationship with his siblings, is amazing. Sometimes, like, that's better than parents. They'll, this is depressing, but they'll live longer. (laughs) I mean, that's true. You'll be around the siblings for longer. Um, But, or hopefully, um, if nature does its course. But, anyways, so I think that, um, I mean, My advice to her would be like, yes, you have a right to worry and want to build a relationship with them, but don't stress too much about it because at the end of the day, sometimes like... For judgy people, you're never going to be enough, and you can't care what they think as long as the people that you love and respect love and respect you back and don't judge you. That's all that matters. But I don't know. I mean, I also would, if she does want to get to the bottom of this and like figure out why they disapprove of her so much, I would like focus on getting yourself through the wedding and stuff, and then like. Maybe like leading up to a holiday that use that as a good pivotal moment in time to kind of just like sit them down with your fiance present always involve or your husband at this point always involve your significant other um, in these types of things because it's obviously concerning them as well. Um, but yeah, maybe just like sit them down as you get into it and so ask. This is-
1: this is going to sound really um like dumb, but I saw this on a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode <laughs> where Kyle Richards was like talking about her mother-in-law and how she like or maybe it was her like her husband's grandmother like did not like her when they first started dating. I think he wanted she wanted him to like be with someone Jewish and she like had a kid, so she didn't like that about her, like a lot of this superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and I wrote her a letter just saying like all the reasons that I like loved her son and how I was going to take care of him and how, like just like a really sweet letter, just like about like all the things she loves about like her son. And like, it changed the whole, it's, like the grandmother's whole outlook on her. And they just had a much better relationship after that. She like accepted, uh, accepted and like welcomed her. Like, I don't think you should have to do that. I don't think she's in the wrong at all. in that like, she shouldn't have to like do something like that. But I do think like usually like, as kind like kindness is like almost like overwhelming someone with kindness so that they like feel guiltier not liking you is could be a way to go just like
0: because yeah. I think you
1: could go the antagonistic route of being like it's kind of rude that you don't like me and do anything blah, blah blah but if you're just like overwhelming them with like kind things like there's really going to be very little for them to hold on to and if after that they still don't like you I totally agree with what you said like there's there's certain people like it says more about if if you can't like a nice kind sweet person who like loves your child then like that's more about you and that's more about your own personal struggles and like you're clearly taking that out in that way and I would almost just feel bad for them but I would try that letter thing it actually seemed like it worked for her and I think it's like kind of a sweet thing and it's also a letter so you don't have to like say it to their face and have it be awkward like you can just send it and like say how excited you are to join their family and um, if they don't like that, then like I think there's like probably something wrong with them.
2: It's funny, the things we learn from real housewives. That's, exactly. I love that. Kill them with kindness. That's, I mean, in anything in life, like try that sometimes in this situation, especially. And at, if you do that and, and if that still fails, then it's definitely on them. Like, yeah. I mean, any in law that's like think about it try to put yourself try to pretend you're a mother all you really want for your child is to be i keep, i mean i'm not a mom but if i were all i'd really want to for my child is for them to be ultimately like very much loved and supported by their significant other whoever that may be so if i truly can see that then like i don't see why i would disapprove from right
1: or if you did them. it was like for a totally again superficial really R- reason that right like, is, was is you're never gonna change and the person like it just le- seems like a sad person. In right, themselves. right.
2: I do think like this is a larger like other people do face this issue because there are there are like religious reasons. Like a lot of people, you know, want their their uh child to marry somebody within their culture or their religion or um you know there's always there's so many different reasons why a an in-law would disapprove of a future in-law person marrying into their family. But I think like, yeah, if you reach out with that olive branch in this case, copy, who was it? Kyle Richards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to watch. I need to watch the show.
1: And they're still married. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think it's kind of like, if, like if they, if they are truly a good parent, they'll just want their kid to be happy. Like you
2: said. Mm-hmm. So try that. Let us know if that works.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
2: Do you want to read the next one? Yes. This one, we've had so many questions lately about wedding speeches. Um, Guys, if you have, before we get into this email, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to our episode featuring a speech expert from a couple months ago, um, Honestly, I'm blanking on what the title is. It's probably like How to Write a Good Wedding Speech. That sounds accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Josh Story was his name. Um, But yeah, go back and find that episode. It's from like a couple months ago. Something with speech in the title. Um, But yeah, this is just another question about it. More about like selecting people to participate in your wedding, which we love because also selfishly, I'm at that point in my process. So hence why I picked it. Okay. Hi, Betches. We are struggling with figuring out the right length and number of speeches for our wedding in October. Both sides of parents are contributing significantly to the wedding. So it's not that either is hosting. And all of our parents are big talkers. All four parents want to say something. And from past experience, they can all ramble a lot. His brother is the best man and was also going to give a speech. I had also wanted my brother, not best man, but a groomsman to speak and my maid of honor to speak. (laughs) When we met with our band, they told us that was way too many people and we are trying to maximize dancing time and reduce sitting time. So we are thinking of limiting speeches to just the four parents and his brother and having my brother, maid of honor, and the other bridal party members who want to speak to go at the rehearsal dinner. (laughs) Is that too many people speaking at my wedding? Any suggestions as to how to break it to the maid of honor and brother that they are only speaking at the rehearsal dinner, not the main event? And how do we really, really ensure that people keep it to a time limit? And what should that time limit be? Thank you for any thoughts, suggestions, advice. Sincerely, Just Want to Dance. Okay,
1: let's... Nicole, what do you... So you said you're... I haven't really like work through this yet. So I'm interested
2: to see you're doing this right now. Yes. So we're like at that point where so for my ceremony just quick context like we need four readers. So we're picking those and asking those people and then just like ironing out the actual day of timeline which I'll share more about in coming episodes but like you know the the reception timeline when speeches are happening like when um Who's going and speaking when? Uh, and just for extra context, again, my maid of honor, my sister, is doing a speech. My dad's going to do a speech. And that's all at the wedding. That's okay. That's all. That's all the, all the speeches. Um, right. The night before at the rehearsal dinner, I'll probably see if my... I'm sure he will. My father-in-law wants to do, say something um, or my mother-in-law because they're hosting the rehearsal dinner. Are you doing friend speeches? I don't... Think so? Maybe at the rehearsal dinner, I'll have like one of my bridesmaids
0: say something.
1: I feel like the rehearsal dinner is the perfect place to sort of like front load all the speeches because there's not that many other things going on there. It's like eating and speeches, right? And I find it like enjoyable to listen to the speeches at the rehearsal dinner. They're usually like pretty intimate. They're funny, and like Mm -hmm. I would get as many in there as possible. There's really like what else is there to do at a rehearsal dinner besides? listen to speeches.
2: I I fully agree and this couple writing in seems like the type of couple that likes speeches about them and doesn't want like not one of those couples who's like no we don't want the center of attention on us like just eat and enjoy. They're a couple that likes to have people say words about them, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um so I agree like put them at the rehearsal dinner because like you said, it's people just Eating and hanging anyways. Yeah. Um, for as for her question, just the four parents, brother and maid of honor at the rehearsal. Okay.
1: I would find out if the parents, like if they're married to each other, like would like to do a speech together. Like that'll probably make the time limit shorter. Like if you wanted to say, like, oh, like do your parents want to do can they would they mind talking together or like Maybe you guys can do like a longer speech if it's the two of you or like two pretty short speeches. Mm -hmm. I think like if you're married, it's almost like more fun and takes a little bit of like the edge off. I would imagine like having to actually do that whole speech by yourself.
2: I fully agree. Do not make it like four separate, like one person goes up, the next goes Mm. up, the next don't do not do that. That's going to take up way too much time. Have if the parents both really want to speak at the wedding, have them do them as couples. Um, I've seen that happen too, with like joint maid of honor situations and stuff like people do speeches together and it's always fun and cute. Um, As for like time length, honestly, I would tell them like two minutes because people are always going to go over. And so like, honestly, a couple minutes each. But I would also just keep in mind, like once you start telling everybody they're allowed to do a speech at your wedding, that is going to... Your band is exactly right. Like that is going to add up so much. And I'm learning this from looking at my reception timeline. After all is said and done, there really isn't that much time for dancing in a four-hour reception. Like you have to do the entrances if you're doing that. You have to do the father-daughter dance, the mother-son dance, the all these different things. If you do a cake cutting, there's that. Like there it it's so surprising how fast that timeline gets cut down. Right. And so if you're somebody who really just wants to dance as she signed her thing, like do listen to your band. They're experts on that. Like they, they're the ones who create the flow for other weddings. Like I'm letting, I'm fully letting my band like do that. The reception timeline, because literally I'm like, you guys understand it more than I do. You're the experts. This is my first wedding. You're 500th wedding. So like, listen to them on that. And I don't know, just do, do, don't, to choose yes. many,
1: and I wouldn't like. I wouldn't worry about insulting anyone, especially like if they're doing. Most people don't really care where they're doing the speech. If they're doing a speech, like it's really the speech is more for you than like the yeah. audience. So if you're like, oh, we're just having the parents at the wedding do the speeches, like, but we'd love you to do it at the rehearsal dinner. I don't think anyone will be insulted by that, especially if you're having both. Like if you're saying it's like only parents, they're not like going to be like thinking they're at right. like, the same
2: level. I would assume right, and there are. I'm learning like with getting into the nitty gritty day of details there are so many other little things you like roles you can give people to feel special like you can literally have someone if you're i don't know if this is just for a catholic ceremony but you can have like have ushers like bring people to their seats you can have somebody like hand out programs right it's all about how you ask people to do it like you have to make them feel special like to an usher you literally have to be like you are so important to mike and i you we really want you to be an usher (laughs) And like they do feel special like having any sort of role. So like think about all the different roles you could give them or like you said in the beginning, like a speech at the rehearsal, a moment there. Right.
1: And I think um you wanna say like I think a lot of I think for the younger, like best man and your groomsman, whatever, like a lot of people don't like giving like I don't like giving speeches at a wedding Mm because it's like hard because I want to drink and I don't wanna have to worry about like making sure I'm like you know, the yes. whole time you're thinking, the whole time until you make the speech, you're thinking and anxious about giving the speech. So sure. it's kind of like, it takes a lot away from the day from you. So I think actually people would be like happy to have, to be able to get it done with at the rehearsal dinner because they want to relax at the wedding. They don't want to be like anxious about it. like When I have, every time, anytime I'm giving a speech, rehearsal dinner or a wedding, I'm always anxious.
2: Same. I hate so, it. <laughs> I hate so, yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's nice after and it's nice, like, you know, when you did it and like they like it and it's fun, but it's also like, very nerve wracking and it takes away from your time so i think people actually like if they really thought about it would prefer the rehearsal dinner anyway
2: for sure public speaking is a whole different like especially at a wedding because you 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 want your words to be perfect (laughs) yeah you want to drink i like don't eat before i like i i get that nervous like I, i agree with you it's like i'd so much rather do it at the rehearsal dinner
1: yeah it's a lot of pressure um, especially cause the wedding has more people too. So exactly. like they're all looking at you. It's very it's high pressure stitch. All right. Let's do one more. Should we do one more? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Hi ladies. Love the podcast and can't, can't wait to see how your weddings turn out. I'm currently the sister of the bride for my sister's upcoming fall wedding. I have to give a speech at the reception. I don't mind giving speeches. However, I'm not sure how to go about this speech because unfortunately I absolutely loathe my sister's fiance. For a multitude of red flag and deal breaker reasons that we don't really need to get into right now. Shout out you up podcast. Ooh. Um, thanks for listening to that as well. I know my other siblings and parents aren't necessarily in love with him either. Anyway, I'm pretty I'm usually pretty clever with coming up with ideas or having a theme around my speeches. However, as I'm thinking about what I would say, I'm having a total writer, writer's block. I actually don't want these two to get married and I'm not excited for them. Typically in a speech like this, I'd want to address both bride and groom and share fun stories of their relationship and charming jokes. But to be completely honest with you, I don't think I can even fake that or get through a speech mentioning him at all like literally would probably gag saying his name and the audience would know the words are not genuine. I'm not a good actress. I know I won't be able to fake being overjoyed about this. LOL. I want to be supportive and not cause any drama on my sister's big day. I plan to be excited for her and not show my disgust with her fiance, but giving a speech about how perfect of a couple they are just makes that very difficult. She knew my feelings about him in the beginning of their relationship and decided to go forward with him anyway. So I just try to avoid him as much as possible and haven't told her my feelings since that then as it would just strain my relationship with her. It's her life slash special day and I'm not doing anything to ruin her moment. Any advice for what to do or what to talk about? Is it super tacky to not mention the groom at all and only talk about my sister? I want the speech to be special and heartfelt which is just the opposite of how I feel about this whole thing. XOXO, speechless bride. P.S. Any advice for an evil master plan to break them up before the wedding is also welcome. I don't know if we want that on our shoulders, Nicole. Yeah, no, I can't. I
2: can't can't be a (laughs) breaker-upper. Guys, we told you lots of speech questions. This is like one of the thousands in our inbox right now. So hopefully we're hitting all the speech questions today. Um, I mean, this one. This one's tough. It's a rare scenario where, like, the family member uh, kind of plays into that dynamic early on in the episode with the first email, like family member with the significant other dynamic, um, you know, in-laws, whatever. They this is going to definitely be a fun in-law situation for their future life. But I mean, here's the thing: you love your sister you are going to give her a speech i think you have to let your sis- your love for your sister like overpower your hate for the guy she's marrying and you have to like just focus on making your sister happy with her speech because it's her big day and whether you agree with it or not i think you have to like push through and i don't think you have to be overly fake and say like oh i love joe Schmo so much and he's going to be the perfect match for my sister right here well here's how i would do it i would make the
1: speech about her i Mm -hmm. I think that happens all the time and it's usually funnier when you know the person really well and like the the bride's friends usually make the speeches about her and the groom's friends usually make the speeches mostly about them Mm -hmm. i would make it about how great your sister is like tell funny stories of the two of you from when you were young, people like that, or funny stories of like the two of you growing up as it relates to who she is now. Like, you know, like Jessica has always been like the funny one or whatever, and tell stories about that. And then at the end you could just say like, like how you're so happy that your sister, that she's like found someone that she truly loves and is excited to spend the rest of her life with. And that you, have you know, that EXO should feel so lucky to be with someone as special as your sister. And like you wish to the two of them the best of luck. What you do. You still want. Them. I'm sure you wish yeah. them luck and you want it to work out because you want your sister to be happy. So you can definitely phrase that in a way that is. I like, think you don't have to like.
2: That's a no good. That, you don't just be like
1: he's amazing
2: and the best person I've ever met. No, I love that that exact phrasing. I'm so happy, Jessica, that you've. I love how he just like named her Jessica. I'm so <laughs> happy that Jessica has found somebody that makes her so happy. That is perfect. That should be yeah, said regardless. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. all true. That's not a lie. I'm so happy, my sister, and I do wish you guys. Those are all very true things. Like you do wish your sister the happiest life ever. So just say I do wish you a lifetime of love and happiness that's that's all that and that's all like typical stuff that you hear in a wedding speech anyways so it's not like it's gonna sound out of the ordinary like say that
1: and it can be like pretty short you could just say like Mm -hmm. a a funny story about your sister from growing up the reasons that you love her and how you're so happy that she's found someone that she loves and is gonna and plans to be with forever
2: yep i love that you don't have to and that's not yeah Like you said, there are, I've been to weddings where it's clear that the maid of honor or the friend like really doesn't know the groom that well, especially I think you see it in like relationships where they haven't been dating that long or they haven't like... Or they live in a different city than like the barons or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like you, it it won't be weird if you're not going on and on about all the great times you spent with Jonathan and Jessica together and all this stuff. I love, we just give them random names. I think those are great names. Jonathan and Jessica. <laughs> like the most basic. But yeah, no, I think that's perfect. And I think like like all of it, don't overthink it because your wedding speech is still gonna be good. Like you said, keep it concise. We love a short speech, not not a bad one. A short one is good. Channel your inner um Rachel McAdams. Remember in wedding crashers? Oh yeah. When she's like
1: the hard, the good, the good version, not the yeah. the version where she talks shit about them. Yeah, where she's like, "Money is green," and so
2: Greg's <laughs> eyes are also green. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think with that formula, you can't miss.
1: I agree. You know, I think we solved weddings once again.
2: We really did, and I'm glad we did because we haven't done an email episode like this in a while. And guys, before we get into our next segment. Keep, keep tuning in because we have more emails in coming episodes we'll have some really good guests i don't want to give too much away but we have a budgeting episode coming Ooh, up i'm excited to hear that one. Oh my
1: too. god we've it's been too late. it's too late for you nicole but i'm excited <laughs> to hear the budget
2: i'm <laughs> gonna like kick myself the entire time throughout it because yeah i'm gonna want the budgeting tips that we're gonna have
1: It is now time for Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Some of these opinions might be unpopular, but you know what's really popular? High Noon Hard Seltzer. With flavors like pineapple, black cherry, watermelon, grapefruit, peach, lime, mango, and passion fruit, they've got you covered for whatever occasion, be it your batch party, bridal shower, cocktail hour, you name it. I know I have had several High Noons this past weekend. It is for sure the drink of the summer. I see it everywhere. I love it. It's like... I feel like it's synonymous with a good summertime. It what really is.
2: It's hands down my favorite hard seltzer ever. The flavor of each is so good. It's real fruit juice, real vodka, so it's good wholesome ingredients. And I don't know about you, but the new I used to be like a die hard like watermelon grapefruit only, but the new tropical pack is so good with the passion fruit.
1: I just tried it. You were right. You told me last time last week that um that was that was the spot and you were right so mm-hmm. check out the tropical uh pack and you can find where to purchase high noon by visiting high and just like i mean you don't even need us to tell you you know high noons they are the drink of the summer it's official mm-hmm. and our first opinion for today is ugly chairs ruin weddings agree or disagree Okay, hey,
2: this sounds so harsh. Like that statement, <laughs> ugly chairs ruin. Ruin is such a... <laughs> these are solicited from you guys, our audience. So it's not us coming up with them. This is a harsh statement, like ruin weddings. Okay, yeah. I I don't think they ruin weddings. I do think they make a huge, huge, huge difference. So like in this sense, I'll say I agree with the statement. Um, I've realized they uh, chairs can make or break the look of... A reception, I think. Right. Yeah,
1: I didn't notice how important... I mean, it's kind of like... Here's the thing. I've never thought about chairs. Like, before I was planning a wedding, I I don't remember the chairs at any other wedding Mm -hmm. I've been to. So, like, in that sense, I disagree because I really just can't remember... Like, when I think back to any wedding, I'm not like they had great chairs or they had, like, (laughs) ugly chairs but i do think when you're like planning it and you see like oh these are the chairs that come with the venue or you could rent these chairs and the rental chairs like are look like like so much nicer and they're like attractive mm-hmm. and they give it a whole
2: vibe like well I, that's the thing you know. i think they can set the tone for the reception or if th- for the ceremony like i do think they can i do think it's one of those big things that like are more important to spend on versus like tablecloths i you know i'm like anti tablecloths Mm -hmm. after planning my wedding (laughs) but like i don't know my um rental person was like yeah i think the chairs will make a huge difference versus like if you just wanted to use the white tablecloths from your venue those won't make as big of a difference but the chairs will kind of like set the vibe like either soften the tone or make it fancier or whatever you want the vibe to be. So
1: yeah, my my planner definitely has swayed me in the chairs matter direction. And I mean, I was very particular about my ceremony chairs because, like, I feel Ooh. like those are also like you get a lot of pic- You get a lot of pictures, like, in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. while you're maybe not if you're getting married in church, but like are they
2: different from your reception chairs. They are, I think.
1: I think. Well, my rehearsal dinner chairs are like a little more different too than my, I don't know, my wedding chairs. The whole thing, it's like a whole other thing, planning this like rehearsal dinner that everyone's going to be at too. It's like another mini wedding, Um, (laughs) which is annoying, but that's enough about that (laughs) for now.
2: Experiential, experiential. Um, Okay. So 69% of our audience agreed that agreed wow that ugly chairs ruin weddings i'm gonna like dive into seating more now i'm very interested in seating all of a sudden um the next one email save the dates are totally fine to send i know what you're gonna say
1: i mean you know i sent email to save the dates so i agree they're totally fine to send i just think everything online is so much more efficient i don't know what it is.
2: It's good for the environment too, which we love. You did save the dates. An I email, did. right? Second round. Change the dates. Yes. Change the dates. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think post-COVID, like you you can send something to me via carrier pigeon if you want. As long as I get the message, I'm fine with any means of sending it. Like just honestly like in this world we live in that is so tumultuous and unpredictable send a online save the date and i will be glad to receive it
1: i just like it It automatically adds the date to my calendar as Mm -hmm. part of paperless post i'm like i mean we've talked about this before everything that's like traditional with weddings is just like the opposite of efficient um But if you're a traditional person, I think a paper one is nice. I like the magnets. I find them useful when people send those too. So,
2: yeah, but I agree. Uh, and yeah, I think like when people ask this question, they're worried that people are going to think they're like tacky. We hear that word a lot thrown around like, well, I seem tacky if I send emails, save the dates. Um, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of other things that could make you seem, quote, tacky, but not an email, save the date. I agree. Oh, and 66% of our audience agreed that they're fine to send. So they did.
1: All right. You need to have a rehearsal dinner. Agree or disagree?
2: <sighs> I think you need to do something, maybe not a dinner, but I've we're seeing the uh, cocktail style rehearsal dinners, if you will. Become more popular where it's like Just apps and right. well, High I've seen, noons <laughs> I've seen like welcome drinks
1: Yes Yes. Something too even if you didn't want to do food Like drinks mm-hmm. the night before I think it's I don't think again These are obviously like polarizing Because it's like you like Need yes. is like a strong it's a polarizing Word ruin is a polarizing word like Do you need To do something before your wedding like no you don't Need to but like even if you just do something with like your families, like Mm -hmm. I think it's nice to just like sort of like ease you into the wedding weekend. Yes. I I think that's really the main purpose of it. So it's not like, Oh, it's the wedding day. It's here. It's done. It's like (sighs) so quick.
2: Well, and I think the whole point of it, the reason it's called rehearsal dinner is because it's after the rehearsal. Like we can't, so if you do, I think it's just something to do as a way to like, thank your, Family and friends for Being a part of your ceremony and going to That rehearsal and it's just like You said like a way to ease them into the wedding Weekend it doesn't have to be formal I think like I think we're seeing a lot More of the trend is not to do like a All-out rehearsal dinner like This um, I shared on the Instagram somebody in California did like A beach thing with In-N-Out Burger and it Looked so it literally looked so Fun and it was so informal and and low key. And it looked like the most fun rehearsal dinner ever. So I think that's becoming a lot more in style, but um. totally.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can do something at like your parents' house or something, or like something, like you said, it's just, I think it's more less about like, Oh, I I must like show people that I'm throwing this event and more like, again, like I'm like having the major players in the wedding sort of like have a prior event to like Mm -hmm. get to like feel comfortable and acquainted with everyone.
2: Exactly. 52% of our audience agreed that you need to have a rehearsal dinner, which is interesting because usually they disagree with... Things like this. That was
1: Unpopular Opinions brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. With 100 calories, gluten-free, and no added sugar, High Noon is more than a drink. It's a way of life and attitude, a vibe. Because when the sun's up, there's always good times to be had. And anyway, that is our episode. And we will be back next week. As Nicole said, we have some exciting guests coming up. I'm pumped. Are you pumped?
2: I am so excited. So much excitement coming up. And our weddings will keep updating you guys.
1: Yay. Okay. We will see you next week. Till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to
0: brides at betches.com. Betches.